is a uh, beautiful presence this morning, isn't there? It's just wonderful. You know, Sarah talked about lingering, and I am a lingerer. I love to linger in the Holy Spirit. I love to bask in the in the Holy Spirit. You know, life's dry. Times, even in God, can be dry. But the Holy Spirit brings it alive. The Holy Spirit adds the fire to everything we do. I spent a lot of time thinking about the Holy Spirit. A lot of time looking around the world at, at church, the, the universal church. The global church thinking what's the purpose of church what is the purpose of church I spent a lot of time thinking about back when I was at Life Church the purpose of church at Lane Park Church the purpose of church again is it just a Sunday service or is it more than that What are we meant to do? What's the church meant to stand for today in this world? Is it meant to be just a Sunday experience or is it meant to be something that permeates every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, every month, every year of our lives? And I think that's what it's meant to be like. And it's the Holy Spirit is the thing that keeps it fresh. You know, I gave my life to Christ as a 15-year-old and, uh, you know, it changed my world. It turned my life upside down. It wrecked everything in my family life because they didn't understand me. They didn't get me. But it was the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. You know, yesterday, uh, last week, I was was invited to go and pray for my brother-in-law. He's got terminal cancer, and the doctors have basically said they can take steps to make him comfortable, but that's about it. And so my sister said, will you come and pray for him? And I said, yeah, that's fine. So I said, we'd be in Foxton yesterday. So I gave them a call and went around and had a coffee and... Before I arrived at their address, uh, I just parked up and I just spent some time praying and I'd been praying through the morning and just praying that God would do a miracle in their lives. And um, and I spent time praying in the car and just asking for the Holy Spirit to be with me and that. And then I drove into their street and towards their house and I still didn't feel ready and I turned right. There was a side road I turned right and went around the block again parked in the same spot that I'd prayed in and prayed again and I just felt I felt kind of anxious and a little bit kind of timid and a little bit scared and it's easy to think the pastor never gets scared or never feels timid or never gets anxious and that but the fact is we all do it doesn't matter who we are where we are what we do in the world we sometimes we doubt Sometimes we, we don't know how things are going to go and sometimes we wonder if we're big enough to 
carry through a situation. I was sitting there praying and, uh, and my thought was, you know, like, I don't know, you know, I kind of feel, you know, kind of anxious. And I felt God say to me, the Spirit of God say, He said, the powers of darkness are more worried about what you're going to do. And it kind of gave me perspective because often we get scared at ourselves in the scenario and, and we don't know what we're going to do. But the fact is we've got a God standing behind us. We've got a Holy Spirit that stands behind us. We've got the works of Jesus, His, His death and resurrection behind us. And they give us power. And so often we stand and we feel like we're alone, but we don't see that we've got great big 20-foot tall angels standing around us, you know, looking down at, at every situation, ready to do battle on our behalf. We don't, we just don't get it. And so I felt greatly encouraged by that. And I thought, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of not realising uh, the full potential of the situation and that. So I started up the car and went to my sister and brother-in-law's house and and was just chatting to them. And they and they said, um, do you want to pray? And I said, yeah, I'll pray. And And I said to them, have you guys like given your life to the Lord? Have you given your life to Jesus? And Brian said, no, I've never given my life to Jesus. And I said, why don't you do that before I pray about the cancer? Why don't we do that? And he said, yeah, okay, let's do that. And then I looked at my sister and I said, do you want to do it as well, Karen? Do you want to give your life to the Lord? And she said, yes. Yeah. So we prayed. And God healed their spiritual situation before we even talked about the, the physical. Amazing stuff. And then I prayed for the cancer and gave it into God's hands and explained to them that we never know what God is, what direction He wants to take with things sometimes and the ultimate healing sometimes is taking people home but it could also be a healing it sounds like a, a two bob sort of kind of way well easy to say that you know it's, you pray and whether he's healed or not you know you claim you have the victory well we have God does he does but, you know, I, was, I, was, I don't know how you guys find it, but I have always found it tremendously hard sharing with family, trying to explain to others what has happened in our lives. And the only thing that allows me the ability to do it is the Holy Spirit. The fact that the Holy Spirit journeys with us every single day. And I just want to read a section from um, Acts 2. And as I talk about the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm on a hiding to nothing, because how can you speak about the Holy Spirit in one church service? 
how can you speak about the Holy Spirit in two church services or five church services or ten church services? How can we ever sum up the Holy Spirit? So I'm not going to even try. I'm just going to talk about a couple of things from Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2 says this, study it. Verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing, uh, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And it gives a a list of languages there. and, And there was... 15 languages, 15 different languages. People acknowledged hearing their their tongue, their mother tongue in 15 different languages. And I just, as I was reading this last night, I was just thinking about it and I just have a few thoughts around this. And the first one is that it says they were all in one accord. They were, when the disciples Set were in the room there, they were all in one accord. There was about 120 of them, and they were all in one accord. And one accord means to be of one mind, one attitude, one place. They just spent 40 days with Jesus in the previous chapter, and he had ascended into heaven, but he had said, Go and wait because coming is something powerful. Something really, really powerful. Something that's going to help you. And they were in one accord. They were in one heart. And the thing that I realize is when we, when we are in one mind, when we all agree on something, something powerful happens. When we all agree on one decision and we decide we're going to work, go hard at that thing, something powerful happens. And the second point is they heard a sound from heaven. They heard a sound from heaven. We need to be hearing a sound from heaven. We need to be hearing a sound from heaven. We need to be listening to God, listening to heaven and hearing the sound that's coming from heaven. The sound that says, you know, that person's special. The sound that says, I'm going to change that person's life. The sound that says, I'm going to do something incredible in this place. I'm going to do something incredible in Lane Park Church this year, next year, the year after. I'm going to do something incredible in the church down the road. We need to be hearing the sound. 
of what God is doing and where God wants to go. And the third point, the wind filled the house. Is there room in the house for the Holy Spirit to fill the house? Will we make enough service uh, room in our in our services? And 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 people know that. You know, often Andrew will say to me, "Where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do during service? And and how do you want to finish?" And and often um, it's, "I don't know. I'm not quite sure." We haven't got there yet. It's my way of saying, it's God's time. I need to listen to the sound. We need to create room for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit might want to go somewhere and it might be different from where Dino or the run sheet or whoever's running the service wants to go. And that is his prerogative. I often pray that and give the Holy Spirit room to mess up our wonderfully organized service. Because often the Holy Spirit is a messy God who wants to undo some tidy stuff that we, that we keep very tidily packaged. He wants to undo some of it and redo it in a, in, in a Holy Spirit kind of tidy way, whatever that looks like. The fourth thing, tongues appeared, fiery tongues appeared and settled on them. Do we, do we stand still enough that the Holy Spirit can settle on us? Do we spend time daily or weekly? And I'm not talking about hours, but I'm just a little bit of time just to say, here I am. Here I am. Settle on me. I'm here for your purpose. I'm here to do what you want me to do. And five, the Holy Spirit took control of everyone. And it says that they spoke in languages as the Holy Spirit led them, as it gave them utterance. I remember uh, back in my first year when I gave my life to Christ, I was, we had a situation where we were invited to go and get baptism in the Holy Spirit at church and I wanted this new thing. I mean, I wanted anything to do with God, I wanted. You know, if you said God has got this, I was like, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in. Where do I sign up? Where do I sign up? I was just hungry, hungry. I just wanted I just wanted to live fully for God. So I went forward to this altar call and got prayed for and other people started speaking in weird kind of languages and whatnot. And me, nada squat nothing absolutely nothing so I prayed again nothing zero zilch he said to my sister-in-law I just don't think he's so young I just don't think he understands it Uh, so we'll just give it some time about a week later, I'm walking down a, a public street in Palmerston North and I'm just walking along and suddenly comes out of my mouth and I'm like, whoa, what is this crazy thing happening? You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't play by our games. He doesn't necessarily turn up when we click our fingers. He's always here. Don't get me wrong. He's always here. He's always there to assist us. And that, but he doesn't, he's not always on the same time frame as we're on. He, you know, if I have in the 
in the run sheet at 11.45, the Holy Spirit will descend like a dove. We'll hear a voice. This is my church, my beloved. I'm so happy with them. I suspect he probably won't play that game. He, he does his own thing. He has his own time frame. Often we pray and we ask for miracles and we ask for God to do incredible things. And, and then we get angry because we say, well, he didn't turn up. You know, he didn't turn up when I wanted, when I expected, when I needed. He's often on a different time frame. You know, I stand before you as someone that's, that's walked with him for 38 years and I can tell you it never turns up too late. But he, but he you know, often doesn't turn up when I think he's going to turn up. When I, when, when I desire, he does his own thing, but he's never late. It's never like the train's left and then he arrives and, can I have that moment back? No, we never have to go there. He's never that late. The next point, which is what, six, seven? I've jumped a couple because I've kind of talked over them without giving points, so never mind. Six, excitement and amazement. It says that excitement and amazement. And uh, I don't think in that version it said excitement and amazement. Uh, but the version I was reading last night says excitement and amazement or awe. And, you know, the crowd just couldn't understand how do these people speak our languages. They haven't been to university. They haven't been to a language school. And yet suddenly they come out and 15 of them speak our own mother tongue. Isn't that incredible? And and it caused a stir. I mean, it caused a stir that was recorded excitement and amazement. And then it says that some of them mocked after that. It says some of them mocked and said they're drunk. They've been drinking, clearly drinking, and we're just hearing it, this funny thing and thinking it's our language. But it says that Peter stood up and, and he preached. And it says at the end of that preaching that 3,000 people made decisions to turn to God. 3,000, when it numbers like that in the Bible, it's talking about 3,000 men. So there would have been potentially, hard to know, but potentially 3,000 men, 3,000 women, and maybe children as well. So we don't know, but we know it was 3,000 upwards chose to turn around and give their lives to God because Peter had preached. This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times to a girl and a couple of other people and a small group of people. Yet suddenly he was empowered to stand up and speak to, I don't know what, six, seven, eight, nine thousand people. He had the boldness to stand up knowing that it may also cost him his life. Why? How could he do that? How could he do that? You know, only six, seven weeks down the track because the Holy Spirit had come into his life. And that's what this is all about. The thing, the thing that I realize is if we want to change the world, if we want to bring God's love into this world, if we want to hunger, if we want to have compassion for this world, if we want to be able to speak with boldness or or just, you know, sit in a car praying but not give in to fear, actually go and pray for the person, 
we need the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that will guide us. It's the Holy Spirit that will talk to us. It's the Holy Spirit that will journey with us through every situation that will give us a hunger and a care. Because without the Holy Spirit, I'm dry. Without the Holy Spirit, I don't break for people. So we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, don't we? So as we go on from here, and I'm going to ask Andrew and the band to come back, and uh, I think we've got a few more minutes, just lead us back into worship. And I'm just going to, yeah, we've got a few minutes. Yeah, if you guys just want to come back and we'll just lead in, lead into whatever you want. How about we raise our hands, close our eyes, and for 10 minutes, we just surrender everything to God we, and we allow the Holy Spirit to come into this place again. He's, always, he's already here. I need to always say that because I know some people are he's already here, dummy. You know, He's already here. But how about we give Him permission to move in our lives? Give Him permission to mess our world up. Give Him permission to, to break us so that He can make us to break our heart so that we'll care enough to share to that person tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Because it's what it's about, isn't it? That's what Jesus was obsessed with. And that's the last thing he said to the disciples was, go and make disciples. Teach them about me. Baptize them. Change the world. And I'm not just talking about always sharing the gospel. I mean, we are to share the gospel, but the Holy Spirit will give you boldness in all kinds of areas as well because it's He's not tidy. It'll spill over into other areas. You'll be willing to take risks and not stupid risks, but you'll be willing to step over and, and step out in areas where you normally wouldn't have the boldness, but the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness in business and teaching, and university, and business practices, and artistic things, because that's how He works. He's a God of more, not of less. And then we can go out, and we can change the world. Yeah? I'll pray, and I'll hand it back to the band. Oh, Holy Spirit, we come to You. We love You. We give ourselves to you. We give this next moment and the rest of our lives to you. Move. Fill us afresh. Fill us new. In Jesus' name, amen.